welcome to Things Know We and Drunk We're. Yes. This, this, this month, that's what it is this month. It is. We're back in JB's. Why is it that? Why is it that, Mike? Tell them why it's that. It's that because we're doing it the other way round. We're doing it backwards. Rob's doing a movie, I'm doing a deep dive. Well, not entirely backwards. That'd be ridiculous. No, that would be insane. Like, Although, like no. The, like that guy in Twin Peaks. She is my cousin. Sure. You know, that guy who's in also in Carnival. Anyway, we're back in JB's. I'm drinking 45 Days Organic Pilsner from Toll, which is banging. I am and drinking oh, the House of Pale, also from Toll. Would you describe that as banging also? Oh, uh, that is banging. It's banging. Yeah. These guys make out. good beer. They do make very good beer. I think I might be sticking with these Danish gentlemen for the uh, day's recording. It Just call me be Abba, because I'm Danish now. They were Swedish, they're Swedish, they? yeah. yeah okay. Just doesn't... call me Bacon, because I'm Danish now. Is that a thing? Just call me a Curly. Anyway, let's do the episode. Hang on. If you were Bacon, then you'd be Dean Pack. Nice. Dean, we might yeah. have to bleep that. We're going to have to, because that's also my mother's maiden name. <laughs> Anyway, should we do a podcast? Yeah, what's it on? Dunno, you're doing it, mate. This is your one. Remember we just said? You ever heard this intro before? It's Tron, innit? We're doing Tron. Yeah, I tricked you. That was a test and you failed. You're doing Tron. Rob's doing Tron. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. Don't you do it since the dawn of time? Because I'm doing that. It's in my episode this month. I can't do since the dawn of time. You're not allowed to. It doesn't, no. doesn't happen in the film. I have month. to do either so Tron <laughs> or yes Tron. <laughs> oh man, are you going to ape me the whole way through this episode? Is that not what we're meant to be doing? Is this not a pastiche thing? <laughs> Fine. No, no, I'm not. It's Although fun. we are following uh, the same basic structure and format. Yes. It just so happens that I did the movie because, uh, I, well, I can't remember, we got bored. I <laughs> you <don't>. wanted <laughs> to. You said, can I do a movie this time? And I was like, yeah. Mm, sure. <laughs> the movie we are doing is uh, Tron, released in 1982. I thought it was pronounced T-Ron. <sighs> do you want to summarise the plot for what me, does, Mike? What does Tron stand for? Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> does it actually stand for something? I was joking. Kind of. <laughs> Right, so what happens in Tron is Flynn. Kevin Flynn. Kevin Flynn. I was going to say Keith Flynn. <laughs> but I think I'm thinking of the guy from Prodigy Keith who was Keith Flynn. Flint. <laughs> May he rest in peace. R.I.P. Kevin Flynn is a computer guy. Software engineer. That's the one. He works for a company <laughs> that you're showing me. Encom. Thank you. Encom. Thank you. Familiar with this? It's, it's, I'm, we're doing it the other way around, so I've only watched it once this week instead of my normal <laughs> 17 times. It's not etched into <laughs> no, your brain. Right, right. So, right, yeah. Finn works. He doesn't work for Encom anymore. He's been fired yes, by of Encom. Course he, has, he is, yes. however, hacking into Encom. Yes. And he does so by using a tank simulation. Sure, he does. That's how hacking works, right? Yeah, I had that computer game. You know, you looked into binoculars. Yeah. And you had to hold it up to the light. That's yeah, good. I had that. It was cool. Um, however, Encom has a new master control program, the MCP, the MCP. and it detects him mm. and kicks him out. Yep. Meanwhile, Brooks Box line, Liner. <laughs> sure. Alan Bradley. Alan Bradley. And Laura Baines. Sure. Two engineers mm-hmm. still working at Encom mm-hmm. discover that they've had their systems access curtailed. <gasps> Good lord. <laughs> curtailed. 
you're putting more drama into this than the actual film does. It's yeah, impressive. I know. You kind of have to. Because <laughs> like, really, like, honestly, when you read this plot through, you're like, I've never felt this. I've never felt the stakes of Tron being so high before, and I've seen Tron. <laughs> so Alan Bradley storms yeah. upstairs to have yeah. a word with the baddie. <laughs> the, the, the English guy who's the baddie in those Dillinger. films. Dillinger. Yeah, Dillinger. Yeah. David Illinger. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> right, come on. Right, yeah. What then happens? Says, so, um, go on. You go on. <laughs> right, so, Dillinger yeah. uh, tells Alan that they've had people trying to hack in. Yes. Alan and Laura realise that Dillinger knows it's Flynn. Yes. It turns out that the reason Flynn wants to break in is revealed at the end of the scene that I'm about to describe. So, Alan and Laura go to <laughs> Flynn's arcade because yeah. Flynn yeah. is a, a, not even middle-aged, like... 20-something white guy who has yeah. opened an arcade and yeah. spends his entire time surrounded by preteens. And it's called Flynn's Arcade. Not awkward at all, no, right? No, it's not weird. You could totally do that now. It's totally fine. Don't 1982, it's totally fine. Also, he uh, invented a game called Space Paranoids. Yes. Right. Uh, they then go upstairs and have a chat and it turns out that the reason Flynn's trying to break into Encom is to prove that Dillinger stole his game code. Yes, now I remember, of course. And Man, because <laughs> he stole his game code, yeah. Dillinger got promoted massively and is now senior executive vice president in charge of executive senior presidents. Wow. His business card and is like three Flynn is living above an arcade sure. and spending most of his time with teenagers. Sure. Probably just... Right. Laura and Alan <laughs> work out a plan that they can break in yes. to Encom to go. try and find the evidence that's hidden in the mainframe. Yes, Sure. Because that's how computers work. We've discussed it at great length. Yes, entirely. This, uh, <laughs> there is a, a section, a thought, um, a moment on how this relates to reality. It's similar to hackers. Sure. It isn't. It, it, it doesn't relate at all. Light bike the planet. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's worth mentioning at this point that the project Laura is working on mm. at NCOM is using a laser beam to digitise a real-world object into the computer. An apple, I believe it is. They use an apple in a test. Yes. So, they then set... Flynn up at her workstation, uh, which happens to be conveniently directly in front of a laser beam. Now, health dangerous. and safety in the eighties. I mean, it was the eighties. Pretty sure you don't yeah. do that. No, absolutely. Just saying. Yeah, not a, not a safety goggle in sight. No. <laughs> uh, comedy and shoes. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You can imagine what happens. He gets detected by the MCP. The MCP turns on the laser beam, digitizes him. At which point he is inside a computer. <laughs> at which point, like. Eight-year-old me loses say, his mind. I was going to say Tiny Rob went uh, crazy, but that could be taken the wrong way. But also, sure, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. So then everybody's fluorescent. Yeah, everybody's kind of glowy and, and what like, have you. oh man, why am I in here? This is weird. And he's like, oh no, you shouldn't be back in your game. And then he goes and he goes to a, a, a group of like villains... Of video games? No, it's Wreck-It Ralph. I've gone into Wreck-It Ralph. You're into Wreck-It Ralph. I've gone into okay, Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> uh, right, so, turns out the MCP is pitting computer uh, programs against each other yes. in games in for some games. reason. games, yes, indeed. Uh, the reason being that uh, the guy who made the movie really liked games. Yeah, sure. So, and, uh, he Flynn, meets... as a user, meets yeah. two additional programs. Yes. They're called? Tron. And? The other one. Ram. Ram, that's it, Ram, damn it. Ram it. Nope, don't work. And... Uh, Flynn remembers Tron from his conversation with Alan. Tron was originally written as a security, security program, program that could control <laughs> the <again>. MCP. <laughs> you can't jinx me during a recording, dude. Oh, yeah, right. It's a totally hamstring, though. <laughs> okay, you're out. Rob, Rob, Rob. You're fine. Okay, you're fine. fine. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> already broke the jinx, but it's all right. 
So um, he knows that he needs to get Tron to the MCP yep. to bring down the system from the inside. Because again, definitely how computers yeah. work. There is an amazing kind of um, like fascist angle to the whole way this computer system is yeah, yeah. being run. It's definitely, it's very it's weird. definitely a weird like. But they're basically they're meant to be like the um, Empire from Star Wars, right? It's a bit like that. Yeah, they've got the big giant machines and they're all very fascist and militaristic and yes, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And they're red. Very important. They're red. Goodies are blue. Baddies are red. Ah. They are in this instance. Yes. As we will see. Mm. So they then get put onto the game grid uh, to play a light cycle racing game. It's like, like sentenced to the grid. Just it? to be clear, the light cycle racing game, Tiny Rob goes crazy. Yeah. Or, or, to be fair, one of the coolest things like as a kid this came out a year before I was born so I watched it probably eight or nine years after it had been released mm-hmm. so I watched it early 90s and was like light bikes are the coolest thing in the entire world yeah it's amazing it's a stick and it turns into a bike they escape at one point they throw in the frisbee and it's like pong 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 they are deadly then, frisbees by the way the floor cell Dated disappears like a Mario so good. Yeah, it's awesome. Right, so, so they escape from <laughs> the game grid on yep. light cycles and yes. then get chased through canyons because yep. apparently computers have canyons in them yeah, uh, by tanks. Sure. Which uh, Flynn wrote. Yes. Because anyway, there is space paranoid tank game. One of the tanks finds them. Yes. There's, a, there's actually a little kind of slow down uh, pacing moment of classic Disney uh, where they stop off and they drink some glowy water. Charlie's played by Alan Bradley as well, right? Yes. Box, but, box but, light. No. But, 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 yes. I mean, this is a big thing throughout. They've all got All of the characters yeah. have counterparts, yeah, so yeah. we'll see when we come on to so the So the cast. MCP is the bad guy. The, uh, the MCP is actually the only one that doesn't really have a real world counterpart, but he is also played by the same character who plays uh, Dillinger yeah. and Sark, yes. who is his like number one yeah, henchman yeah, 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 yeah. and you can tell he's number one because he has a different hat <laughs> <laughs> it's true no it's true so it works yeah, right? yeah definitely works okay Computers. so they escape um, they become separated mm. when a tank basically blows them up yeah. Ram is wounded yeah. uh, Ram uh, de-reses or dies yes um, not sure why they didn't say delete is de-resing a thing is that no. a term no why didn't they say he was deleted then? no idea couldn't That's find any reason why I'm guessing it's because he death... was backspaced well no it's, I'm <laughs> I'm guessing it's because death is not something that Disney could have in a kids' film. Sure, yeah. You, know, you can't die because they're computer programs, so they can't yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. But also, why they didn't just say deleted or even like degaussed or something? Eh. Degauss sounds a bit weird, though. Um, um, it's it's actually a thing, though, as opposed yeah, well, to de-res, yeah, which fair, they made up. Fair, fair, fair. So anyway, as he's uh, de-resing, mm. Ram recognises that Flynn is actually a user, not a program. Oh my god! Uh, there's a bit of a Messiah moment sure. as um, Flynn uses his yeah. newfound user powers to reprogram <laughs> the environment. Super weird that bit. Yeah, super weird. He's like, "Oh, you're a user? Didn't you know that you've got all these superpowers?" No, I feel like this would have been good information 25 minutes ago. Could have used this when I was bouncing about with the frisbee. Everyone's to be honest. shouting about Tron. I'm fucking Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> computer Jesus. I'm computer Jesus. Um, so Flynn uses his powers to rebuild um, a uh, recognizer, which is like the yeah. big flying shippy thing. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, and then uh, flies it because it's very similar to Space Paranoids, the computer game oh, that he wrote. Wheels within wheels. Uh, we also meet my favourite character in the entire thing, which is a bit. Yes. Yes. Is or no. Bit. No, it's just, it's a bit, but it can only have two values. I just love it, because it's such a nerdy, (laughs) of all of the computery stuff in this, that is the nerdiest nerdiness. That's like the one day day they had a computer expert in, he was like, we should do that. (laughs) Right, so, um, Tron, meanwhile, has gone to meet up with uh, Laura's counterpart inside the computer, who's a program called Yuri. Yes. uh, Or, I think it's Yuri. Um, Yuri. Yuri. 
We're drinking uh, to oil and, and it's they <laughs> realise actually Tron needs to get instructions from his user, sure. which they can only do via an IO tower. But uh, the IO towers are all incredibly locked down. So they go on an adventure to the IO tower. Whew. Right. Did George R. R. Martin write this? Because it is a convoluted. It's quite complicated. <laughs> There's a lot happened, right? A lot, yeah. Um, so they make it to the IO Tower. The they get bikes. instructions on yeah. uh, how to defeat the MTP. Yeah. You get the amazing moment where he communes with his user. Ah, uh, yes. That's, He's like praying or something, yeah. isn't he? Well, no, he kind of holds his disc above his head yeah. and you get the shot that uh, which became is from the poster, movie poster. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, it's also the, quite a nice. The, the frisbee thing is his disc, right? It's like his memory. Yeah, the memory weapon. disc that yeah, they're yeah. all issued with. But also a frisbee weapon. Yeah, of course. And sometimes a steering wheel of a light bike. Uh, or is that a separate stick? That's a separate stick. I don't know. I think it's a separate stick. Yeah. Although, to be fair, you might be thinking of Tron Legacy. Right. Uh, right. The, the better of the Trons. They then need to escape <laughs> from the IO Tower. Didn't take the bait. <laughs> and get to the MCP. Mm. Which, of course, is nowhere near where they are. Uh, so they uh, jump on board a solar sailor simulation program. Ah, yes. Which is travelling along a data stream. Because, you know, solar. Basically, it's a big spaceship on rails. Yep. It's the weird. 80s, man. It was cool. It was cool. Uh, there's a bit of a fight, and then it turns out, actually, Flynn is also on board the solar sailor because he jumped on at the last minute yeah. in a moment of pro- proper juice X bollocks. Um, and a um, bit of back and forth uh, with some interesting uh, stuff. Loads of amazing CGI in this bit, by the way. Yeah, it does, look, good. Sailor is it really does good. look really good. Is it remastered on Disney Plus? Uh, yes. Nice. Um, interestingly, a couple of references to things like uh, the grid bugs that were yeah. put in, and the grid bug section where they say, oh, if those grid bugs get us, we're a goner. Yeah, yeah. And then the grid bugs do exactly nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a reference to the arcade game. Ah. Which they released, as we will find out. Right, okay. Um, so oh, com- so there's references to stuff that don't happen in the film because they happen in the computer game that yeah. was released, right? Disney in the sure, 80s. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> Disney ever. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah. Um, they uh, then almost make it, but Sark's command ship, this big mm. aircraft carrier-style thing, yep. destroys the solar sailor, mm. captures Flynn and Yuri, and Tron falls, and you're not sure whether or not like, he's oh, alive Oh, no, he's dead. probably dead, but then the film is called Tron. Yeah, turns out he's not. Oh, Who Tron. saw that coming? Tron uh, Lives, which he, would have been a better name for the uh, sequel. Although Tron's not in the sequel. Um, he is technically he's in the computer kinda. sort of he's, yeah. in the, he's in the cartoon anyway, anyway. Tron confronts Sark they have a big old uh, frisbee battle yep uh, and Classic in an amazing situation. moment of um, like production there are loads but mm. he manages to basically smack him on the top of the head uh, Sark falls down his brains start falling out <laughs> which is really really vicious <laughs> yeah, for a yeah, Disney yeah. film but it's like no it's okay it's a computer it's, it's okay because they're basically they look like um, Lucky Charms yeah yeah and it's like just, in yeah. um, like Samurai Jack they can get away with insane amounts of violence because he's just cutting up robots it's a cartoon so or he's, they're he's, robots he's yeah. covered in oil and all that kind of stuff and it's clearly meant to be blood but it's alright because it's a cartoon and they're robots so, um, Tron then manages to step round Sark because Sark has been given all of the MCP's powers to recover and then becomes, like, three stories tall. Sure. Because why not? Sure. Um, but also that makes him really slow. Definitely so Tron just goes, a joke about Woo-hoo! Sark. Well, nobody would get it outside of people who live in Jersey. No, that's true. Sark is one of the Channel Islands. It's a little island. It's a tiny little island. It's not it got any electric. Big Sark, little Sark. Not at the moment, it hasn't. Well, it hasn't. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, it's part of Guernsey, technically, so... I, I once went there for five days. Which five was days? Five days. Um, you can literally... We rode the whole length of it and back again on the first afternoon. Uh, and then there was a cream tea festival, and some of the entrants were literally just people 
So you'd literally go into people's houses and they'd make you a cream tea and then you voted at the parish hall. So we just went into loads of people's houses in Sark, sat in their gardens and drank Demanded cups of tea. Demanded scones. It was really weird. It uh, was literally like, oh, my number one was, was Daisy. <laughs> it's like so random. Anyway, there you go. very random. Sark. Right. Back so, to Tron. <laughs> Tron is now trying to get his disc into the MCP, but he can't because MCP's well, got shields up. Flynn realizes that he can disrupt the MCP because he's a user. Right, so, he forgot he had superpowers again. Yeah, no, well, kind of. You know, he's, they're still pretty new. He does use <laughs> them on the Solar Sailor to he divert does. a beam. Yeah, he does, yeah. Uh, and also to resurrect uh, Yuri, who is apparently dying from nothing at he's all. Such a magnificent MacGuffin, isn't it? Yeah. Just like, how do they get out of this situation? Uh, nondescript superpowers. Bosh. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Done it. Uh, you son of a bitch. You used his superpowers, <laughs> jumped into the beam, yeah. uh, which of course would kill a normal program. But Sorry, not, de-res a normal program. He's not, a normal he's program, not de-resed. Uh, he makes a gap in the armour, literal mm. chink. Like <laughs> there's a piece of armour missing. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And Tron manages to get his disc in. Right. And because Tron is basically antivirus, yep. he manages to get rid of the MCP. That's true. Is it true that Tron was modelled on John McAfee? <laughs> I'll tell you who Tron was not alone in a minute. Uh, right. Meanwhile, across, you get an amazing uh, double-ended kind of um, conclusion. Ah, uh, disappointing. Oh, double-sided conclusion. <laughs> so in the computer landscape, everything starts to light up. The communications yep. towers all open yes, up. Yes, of the course. System is yeah. free. The IOs are open, yeah. It's brilliant. It's open source, baby. Uh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> in the real world, uh, Flynn gets recreated yep. uh, in his chair in Weirdly exactly the same pose. Weirdly like still falling backwards in his chair, yeah. Like a like a like a printer as well. Did, 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 did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the <laughs> did, printer. Glad I did the impression the of the printer. printer otherwise, people wouldn't know what I mean. <laughs> you know, a did, 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 did. <laughs> it's more like a three D printer, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, but the printer then prints out the evidence that he was looking for, oh, yeah, which I is like three that. lines that says, Keith uh, Flynn originally wrote space paranoids." <laughs> like, I've got this bit of paper here that says I did it. That's all the proof I need. Yep. You're fired. <laughs> uh, and Dillinger comes into work the next day to find the same message on the screen of his massive oh super tabletop God. computer Suck and realises the jig is up. The jig is up. We know the jig's up because we don't see him again, but next time we see Flynn, he arrives in a helicopter. Yes. So he's clearly now the boss. And his hair's done and he's wearing a, like a jacket. And he's carrying like a satchel. And he's like, I'm a businessman oh, now. Business of business. I was a suspect gentleman surrounded by preteens earlier, but and now I am business. the camera tracks round and you see Los Angeles laid out the streets like looking very much like a circuit board. My God. Roll credits. Maybe the real world is the computer world. I don't, don't think they got that far, oh, to be boy. honest. I don't, don't think they were that fast. Tron. It's, it's, a, it's a lazy paradigm. The thing I always had, I always had with Tron is, it's not really about Tron. He's really, in it. Yeah, but he's but not he's really not the hero. Really, no. No. He should be called Flynn. But that would be rubbish. You could call it In Life. No, can't have it in life. It's already a movie. <laughs> okay. Sherman, set the Wayback Machine for three years ago. Kevin Flynn. One of Incom's brightest young software engineers. He's so bright, as a matter of fact, that he starts going in at night, sets up his own private memory file, and begins writing a program for a video game he's invented called Space Paranoids. You invented Space Paranoids? Paranoids, Matrix Blaster, Vice Squad, a whole slew of them. I was this close to starting my own little enterprise, man. But enter another software engineer. Not so young, not so bright, but very, very sneaky. Ed Dillinger. 
So when that our boy Flynnie goes to his terminal, tries to read up his file, I get nothing on there. It's a big blank. All right, now we take you three months later. Dillinger presents Ancom with five video games. <laughs> He's invented. The slime didn't even change the names, man. He gets a big, fat promotion. And thus begins his meteoric rise to, what is he now, executive VP? Senior exec. Senior exec? <sighs> Meanwhile, the kids are putting eight million quarters a week into paranoid machines. I don't see a dime except what I squeeze out of here. I still don't understand why you want to break into the system. Because, man, somewhere in one of these memories is the evidence. If I got in far enough, I could reconstruct it. My password, Dillinger's instructions to divert the data, the it's whole shot. It's too late for that. Dillinger's cut off everybody with Group 7 access. Wait, 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 wait. What are you, what are you saying now? The guy knows what you're up to. Great. You're kidding me. <laughs> well, now there is nothing to stop him. Now it's just Dillinger and the MCP running things from on high again. Not if my Tron program was running. That shut the system down. You know, if your file was in there... Wait a minute. If we can get in there, I can forge us a Group 6 access. Well? Shall we dance? So before we can talk about how this film got actually made, yes. we need to talk about how they kind of started the concept of making it. Right. So it was released in 82. Yes. The original concept and the planning of the project that would become Tron mm -hmm. was started in 1976. Oh, wow. Um, what computer games were out in 1976? Are we just talking Pong? Pong? We're just literally talking literally, Pong? Literally. Uh, the wow. creator of Tron, a chap called Steven Lisberger, right. uh, saw Pong... Right and was so infused by this new world of gaming and computers and what right. have you that he wanted to make a movie featuring video games. Oh, right, okay, right. Now, he'd already created the character Tron uh, right. for um, a short animation piece that they'd done because he worked as an animator right. uh, and ran Animation House. Right. Uh, Tron is right. short for Electronic... Oh, right. Not, not, Naff. not good. <laughs> Naff. But then, so many of the names of characters in this right. are—it's like, why, why is he called Ram? It's computer shit, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't make any sense. It's called Trunkers of Electronic. Yeah. Right. Why is he called Sark? Small island in the channel. What do you want from me? <laughs> He's really sarcastic. That V's character is like, oh, good one. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> So, Lisberger uh, and his business partner, yes. uh, Donald Kushner, um, yeah. uh, they moved to the West Coast. Kushner, not of Jared Kushner fame. Don't know, didn't look. Oh, Probably okay. should have. <laughs> um, they moved to the West Coast in 77. Right. And set up a new animation studio yeah. purely to develop Tron. Right. And Tron was always a computer program. It was always, uh, yeah, this idea that it was a warrior. Yeah, right. And the idea was it was the warrior who fought in these games. He's an electronic warrior. Right, I'm with you. Um, they were basically working on scripts. They had the first script down. Uh, they started kind of storyboarding uh, and what have you. And Variety uh, magazine mentioned the project. All right, okay. Uh, really briefly, uh, but it caught the attention of a computer scientist called Alan Kay. Okay. Who uh, contacted Lisberger and said, look, this sounds cool. Mm. To be fair, it's computers in the late 70s, so yeah. it's like, 
Sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, What's a computer? Why don't you, <laughs> instead of doing hand-drawn animation or yeah. cell animation, why don't you use computers to do the animation? And the man who wanted to make the thing about the computer warrior was like, can you do that? <laughs> well, that sounds um, good. So Alan Kay basically was brought on board as a technical consultant. Right, okay. Presumably uh, not for naming anything. Yes. Or indeed <laughs> consulting on much. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but yeah, so he was the one that suggested they use CGI. Right. Uh, and the character of Alan in mm. the film is based on Alan Kay's personality and mannerisms. Oh, okay, right. So Bruce uh, so Boxleitner was... Bruce yeah. Boxleitner. <laughs> Are you going to get that right once? No. No, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to make it different every time. Um, they got to the point where the entire thing was pretty much good to go, and yep. Lisberg was looking for independent financing. Right. Uh, and they got that famous indie filmmaker, film, film house, Disney, to help. Well... <laughs> it is weird that it's a Disney movie, isn't it? So, sorry, go on, go on. Um, they were also still trying to solve the problem of how they could get CGI and all of yeah. this stuff working. Sure, which requires um, an enormous budget. Yeah, they, they were basically uh, looking at a, a company called uh, Information International Inc. Right. Right. I, I, I. I, I, I. That's how you pronounce that. <laughs> you know how they pronounce it in Spain? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, they, they were really happy to work with them and they yeah. started talking about using a new... Um, New uh, methodology, which yeah. would use live-action photography yeah. and backlit animation, which was a technique that they yeah. kind of sketched out, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it would be integrated uh, with computer graphics. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about how backlit photography, uh, backlit animation, actually works. Presumably, it's terrifyingly complex. To, to, presumably, to make them all shiny, they use the same technology as they did for lightsabers, right? Uh, no. It's like the oh, okay. Fine. Well, a bit. Lightsabers are comp composited on, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's complicated. Right, okay. So, uh, at this point, script, film, fully storyboarded. They've yep. got some computer animation tests done with III. Right. Yeah. And they took their storyboards, samples of the work and what have you, yep. and they went to go and see Warner Brothers. Right. They went to go and see Metro Golden Mayor, mm. MGM. Yep. They went to go and see Columbia. Right. And all of them said, no. What? Computers? Nerd, get out. Pretty much. <laughs> Nice. So in 1980, they decided that Walt Disney was doing some more edgy stuff. They'd right. just done uh, Black Hole. Black Hole. Yep. And a classic. Highly recommend watching that terrifying nightmare on Disney Plus <laughs> if you haven't. It's really good. If you've got any acid knocking around, get involved. Uh, and, and burn your eyes out with it. Uh, <laughs> they contacted uh, Ron Miller yes. and said... You know, we've got this film, uh, let's give it a go. Mm. Disney's uh, execs were really nervous. Sure. This burger had never made a feature film before. Mm. And he was asking for, in the region of like 10 to 12 million dollars. On untested tech. Exactly. He yeah, never yeah. made a movie, and he nobody had ever made a movie in this way. Yeah, yeah. So they demanded that he prove that it could be done, and they financed yeah. a test reel. Right, okay. Which included um, a flying disc champion throwing a disc. Sure. Yep. Um, and when they saw the test, they were so impressed, they agreed to back the movie. No, oh, okay. And then Bing Disney promptly rewrote it all. Sure, that sounds like Disney. <laughs> Replaced everyone involved and changed the story entirely. Yep. <laughs> um, so, they uh, get a story by credit and they, are, they never worked again. In the end, uh, I mean, at this point we go into proper production, so we'll take a quick sidebar. And I know you normally do this first, uh, but I'm doing the movie episode, so I'll do it my way. Damn no, it, my do whatever point. you like, whatevs. Uh, yeah, Tron's do budget ended up being 17 million. <laughs> right, okay. Which for um, 19... 
82. That's not a chunk small of change. Amount. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It ended up making 50 million worldwide. Wow, okay. With an additional 70 million in merchandising. Well, yeah, toys on toys, death, yeah. Despite this, Disney considered it a financial flop and wrote off some wow, of the cost really? of development of the film. Wow. Wow. Because accountants, man. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do when they double enter you? No. Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, dear. Talking about one of the pink, one of the stick. Anyway. um, (laughs) um, There there is an accountancy thing about bad books, bad books. What are you going to do? Let's not do accountancy humour. Come on. I I tried to pull it off the precipice by making a one of the pink, one of the stick joke. (laughs) Uh, I read a thing the other day about Disney with their love of merchandising. And that's why. Merchandising. Merchandising. Have you not heard that I'm a boxing trainer from a Rocky film? <laughs> no, that's not racist. It's the merchandising. Because, uh, it's Spaceballs. You got the thunder. Um, yes, the reason they never made a National Treasure 3 is that they couldn't figure out a way to make a ride or make toys. So Disney so were like, didn't no make interest. The film. Yeah. No interest in doing a third one because we can't work out how to put it in. We can't work out how to monetize this beyond box office receipts, even though everyone agrees they're good fun. That's literally why they didn't do it. Fair. I love it. I mean, the thing is, the film made 50 mil. Yeah. They made 70 million on lunchboxes. Yeah. Of Why course. would you make films? What kid doesn't love a light bike? I don't know. I was too small. A I didn't get some. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry. No, let's move on. <laughs> I got dark quick. Let's move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Uh, let's talk a bit about the casting. Uh, yes. Quite a small cast. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff you have Bridges. Jeff Bridges as Kevin Flynn. Yep. All of the cast members have corresponding digital uh, characters, yep. including Flynn. Although you might not think about ah, because when we first see him doing the hack, he has Clue, uh, who Clue is his, is his, yeah, his uh, guy, counterpart. Yeah. But then so obviously he's Clue? meant to be himself. Uh, Clue actually shows up in uh, the sequel. But is Clue? Oh yeah, Clue's like a. He's been like brainwashed and he's a baddie. Uh, well, more just running to code, but no, yeah. No. Uh, so, Jeff Bridges, of course, a yeah. uh, fairly famous guy. Been yeah. in lots of stuff. Quite famous, yeah. yeah. Owns a controlling stake in Fife's Bananas. Sure. The largest importer-exporter of bananas in the world, which is actually an Irish company. He owns a controlling stake in Fife's Bananas. Really? No. Oh, phew. <laughs> there was a moment there where it's I was It's a magnificent like, lie oh. that I once made up that I have caught out so many people on because it's so fucking weird that everyone goes... <laughs> Wait, what? Really? No, of course not. That would be insane. What? But it doesn't sound outside no, exactly. of the realms See, that's, of possibility. See, that's why you know it's good. My other one was that um, Frankie Muniz is still the head of the Boy Scouts of America. <laughs> the guy from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah, still the head of the Boy Scouts of America Association. <laughs> Even though he's now 47. <laughs> yeah. He's a race car driver now. Uh, right, so uh, Bruce Boxleitner. Bruce, plays Bruce uh, Alan Bradley and yeah. Tron. Yes, of Bruce course. Boxleitner was he had a previous career working uh, in a couple of westerns, yep. kind of providing comic relief. Mm. Uh, after Tron, what's mm. he most famous for? Tron. No. <laughs> you know the best sci-fi series ever made. I honestly don't. Why okay, I'm going to say best. That was a real overreach. Uh, Babylon Five. Oh, well, I knew we were going to say. Of course, it's not the best. First of all, DS9's better than Babylon Five. Mm. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. If they swap CGI, Babylon Five would own it every time. Nah. <laughs> they have ships that fly right. Yeah, no, that is fair. As opposed to the in, what's it, the impressive or the the semi, whatever the ship is, they fly. The defiant. The, the defiant that the flies impressive. like it's got wings. Yeah, no, that is true. Yeah. yeah what the fuck no. are you doing? 
You define cool, man. Look, don't stop ragging on Star Trek. Talk right, about anyway, <laughs> so he was in Babylon 5. Yes. Um, and, of course, then went on to basically live off, I'm guessing, Tron royalties for the rest in, of his he life. He was in the Tron cartoon, right? He, he was Tron. in all of them. He's been in everything is Tron-related he, since. Is Tron in Tron Uprising? Uh, yes. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I really Spoiler don't Spoiler alert. I don't remember that movie at all. I just remember Flynn. Also, it's Tron Legacies, the film. Right. Le- right. Legacies from Uprising is a cartoon. Uprising is right. okay. Which I didn't know was a thing until... Another spoiler alert. And then Until you told me, like, last yeah. week. You know, it's a cartoon. Really good. No. Right, we've got David Warner... <laughs> yes. ...as uh, so, yeah. Ed Dillinger, yeah. Sark, yeah. and uncredited as the voice of the MCP. Okay. And David in... Warner, I love, because yeah. he is a proper Royal Shakespeare Company yeah. thesp. Yeah. ...who made it really big in movies, did a ton of stuff. He's in Star Trek V. And he's in Star Trek VI. Star Trek VI. No, he's in both. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's in a two human, Star Trek He's a human and a Klingon. two different characters. Yeah, he's a human and a Klingon. <laughs> two different yeah. species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was also in uh, things like The Wicker Man and a whole bunch of other stuff. It, mm. it's, honestly, his career is nuts. He's, he's one of those like proper British stars that's yeah. in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cindy Morgan plays Dr. Laura Baines. Yep. And she was in this. She was in Tron. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then we've got uh, Barnard Hughes, who is a character actor who played Dr. Walter Gibbs or Dumont, the old guy. Yes, of course, yeah. Um, and he was basically just a guy that they rolled out when they needed an old guy. Right. You know, he steady work through, through his golden years yeah. uh, for being a bit doddery. Nice. He got quite good at it. It's so good that, like, you were like a job, a job actor doesn't get much work, then you hit a certain age when you've just got the right look of doddery old man, and you're suddenly, that's your sweet spot of your career. I didn't hit my stride until I turned 68. And now I'm in loads I mean, of movies. I wanted to retire, but it turns out I'm making the bacon. <laughs> also, turns out the bitches love this. Really? Well, yeah, he's a bit of a player, That's Bernard true. Hughes. Up to Barnard his knees. Hughes. Up yeah, to his Barnard knees. Hughes used to be Bernard Hughes. He was born Bernard Hughes, right. and he changed his name to Barnard Hughes to uh, <laughs> differentiate him from other people called Bernard. Right. But also to make sure that he appeared slightly higher in any alphabetical ranking. Shrewd and weird. Which is dumb because they rank you by your surname. And that's why when somebody says name of famous Bernard, you say Barnard. Barnard Hughes. Yeah. Barnard Star. But Barnard. <laughs> anyway, moving on from Barnard, Barnard. Uh, right. Let's talk a little bit about the CGI, because there are two types of kind of animation production in okay. the film. Yeah, okay. And they are thus. We have CGI animation mm-hmm. and we have backlit animation. Right. There are, by uh, my count, about 21 minutes of actual CGI in the entire film. Wow. Which is a lot. Yeah, that but is also, a lot. not as much as you think. <laughs> yeah. So is the rest rear-lit, backlit uh, it's animation? Backlit animation, yeah. So um, the CGI was tendered out to four different companies. Okay. It was actually rendered on a computer that was named as the Super Funly F1. The Super Funly F1? Funly. 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 Sure. Uh, okay. Which was the fastest uh, PDP-10 mainframe ever made. Ever created. So you know how there's like uh, guys who buy like a big block engine and try and make 10 second cars? Yes. And there's, they just make this like, yeah, that's the fastest Dodge Charger yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. made. Apparently, in the early 80s, there were guys doing this in mainframes. They were just like, oh right. yeah, I'd tweet the living shit out of it. <laughs> because I'm guessing cool. you can, right? Yeah, you pop I guess the side so. off and be like, cool. I've got like... Look at this. Look at this. Fujitsama transistors. Listen to how loud the fan is. Woo. That's because it's super fast. You can do the That's first 10 million work, right? digits of pi in 10 seconds. <laughs> nice, yeah. That's it. It's a 10-second mainframe. As, like, another bikini-clad woman comes and sits on his lap, you know. Yeah, no. I think we both know that didn't happen. 
Um, so the computers at the time, yes. uh, being said PDP-10 and equivalent, yeah. couldn't animate. Oh, wow. Okay. They could render. Right. So the frames were produced one at a time. Wow, okay. Each frame could take up to, depending on how much stuff was in the frame, yeah. six hours to render. My God, okay. So we're talking, <laughs> we've done this before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was no way to print them onto film. So right. to get them onto film, they basically pointed a motion picture camera at a computer screen what? and just took a picture. <laughs> so they just filmed the actual screen itself? No, no, not even film, just click and advance. <laughs> what? And it was shot on 120 mil as well, so... <laughs> it was shot 120 mil? Yeah. I can't think of any other examples of a movie shot on 120 mil. Is it 120? What's over 36? What's the one up for 36? There's 35 mil, there's 70 mil, which is near enough... Sort of Panavision? like mix. Panavision's bigger than that. Yeah, it's so bigger it's than that. Panavision. Right, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Okay. Sorry, I, I may have got the millage wrong. No, that's fine. Not no, the that's film fine. guy. No, that's my fine. first. The first weakness I've shown in this entire oh, recording. Be going in my report. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm being audited. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a pastiche of me, and I'm auditing you. Damn, bro, you're cold. I'm doing a pastiche of you. It's cold. I'm running an audit. <laughs> right, so. Um, also, the computer only had two meg of memory uh, and no more than 330 meg of storage, <laughs> which meant that they basically um, couldn't render or store images that involved a large quantity of depth. So, <laughs> no, the original uh, Tron storyboards yeah. called for the world inside the computer to, do, yeah. to be white and bright and light. Right, okay. Um, but then but everyone had a migraine. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, they couldn't do it because yeah. they needed to use um, uh, depth queuing. Right. Where basically, just fade it out to black. Yeah, sure, okay, yeah. Um, and there was a, a staying on the set, which was uh, on the set, on the production, mm. which was, when in doubt, black it out. Right. To reduce exactly. the amount of stuff that had to be rendered, right. and that's why Tron is set in this quite dark world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the original uh, vision was the opposite. They it, wanted it super light and right. ethereal. But it Think Heaven way, from Bill and Ted. It would just be okay, nice. So it would just be way too hard to yeah to render. Yeah, but they couldn't yeah. just couldn't do it. Wow, um, this sounds incredibly ill-conceived. This film. We want to make this movie. This we is want crazy. To use, we want to use CGI. Unfortunately, CGI doesn't exist. No, CGI <laughs> exists, but we can't animate it. <laughs> we can't animate it. We want to animate it, except animation's not a thing. Perfect. So, uh, we now come on to the second production technique, which was pretty much invented for this film. Right. This is backlit animation. Right, okay. Okay, backlit Here animation. We well, you remember when we did cell animation, and that took quite some explaining. <laughs> yeah, sure. This is more complicated. Oh, good. So, you shoot live action scenes right. in black and white right. on an entirely black set. Right. So, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. With me so far. Right. Good. Uh, you then uh, blow it up onto large format codolith high contrast film. Okay. So they've taken the live action stuff, I think, was also shot in Panavision. They blow it up even right. more. Right. Um, the negatives are then used to create uh, a reverse, a, a positive yep. yeah, uh, yeah. image. And cells are laid over each frame. Right. All of the portions except the, um, the, the character, the stuff yeah. you actually want in shot, yeah. are then blacked out physically. Right, okay. Somebody goes over them with a sharpie. Wow, okay. So they're drawing around, staying inside the lines. Yeah. Uh, it's alright if they mess it up because you can always take another enlargement because right. you've still got the original. They just, okay. got, they just all got their kids to do this part. <laughs> yeah, so the codolith sheets and the cell overlays are then placed on a light box. Uh -huh. So at this point, all you can see is pure black, so nothing, yep. Yep. and the character. Yep. A uh, VistaVision camera, which is mounted above it, makes separate passes, and they apply different colour filters. Right, so, so they're they layering 
So they're layering the colour on top of the white image of the Just character so. to create the thing. Right, okay. Which is why it's got that weird washed out yeah. Paladin look basically yes, because it, it sort is. of is yeah yeah because wow. uh, you can actually find it if you have a look That's, I mean, this you is Google insanely. for original like production film photography yeah, yeah. black and white photography does exist this of them is. just like hey it looks like a noir version of Tron yeah. <laughs> I mean no it looks like a super edgy this French independent version it's I mean, like did they know ah. they were getting into this <laughs> they've all got yeah if you look at the black and white footage they're all smoking cigarettes <laughs> ah life on the green Le it, scene. Is, it is hell. <laughs> Um, so a typical shot would normally take 12 passes right. to get everything properly aligned yeah, yeah, yeah. per frame. <laughs> so 12 passes, 12 colour overlays per frame. That typical shot. Right. Uh, some sequences that hand incredibly complex backdrops, like yeah. the interior of the tank, yeah, yeah. Uh, would take as many as 50. Wow. This basically Ugh. meant that the entire process was significantly more intense and more complex than just doing some animation. So, so all the one-star reviews in this episode are just from people from the production being like, I hate Tron, I hate it. <laughs> all I did, the same picture of my life. goddamn Jeff Bridges' face. <laughs> and he does have a smug face in a lot of this movie. It just gets smugger the more you... More passes you do. Right, so they also mm. created uh, 300 map paintings, give right. or take. Sure. And then the mats, uh, rotoscopic shots, uh, the CGI, yeah. which had been photographed off a screen, right. were all combined and composed together to give right. technological appearance. Yes. S they needed so much of this uh, Kodalith film yeah. that Kodak literally shipped in by the truck. Oh, wow. But Kodak didn't have the production control needed. Mm. Um, and basically, the film would vary slightly mm. batch to batch, so they yeah. numbered them all. It just boggles my mind that this is a movie about like futuristic, crazy computer business, and it's done in the most lo-fi yeah, way. Do it. This is, it didn't exist. This is the highest tech thing it's they like could do at the time. Insane pure science fiction, where it's so far beyond what is actually in the realms yeah. of reality. Wow! So, who knew Tron? Um, <laughs> the Kodak uh, films were numbered. Yeah. Uh, but nobody told the production crew who would just go and grab the next box. Right. And as a result, um, you get this strange flickering effect on a lot of the colouring. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. because basically the film is literally different batches, frame to frame. Wow. Or frame okay, set to frame wow, set. Okay. Uh, they did eventually work it out. So um, later scenes. Could you get that like phosphorescent flickering? La wow. Later scenes, it's corrected. Wow. Uh, and the lighting is super sharp. Right. They kind of hid it and say, oh, well, it demonstrates the malfunctioning of data in the mainframe. But now it's like part of the charm of it, isn't it? Like, yeah, so the, uh, in the remaster, they took a lot of it out uh, and then they put a little bit back. Oh, they put it back. Okay, good. No, it's good. They put it back. Um, so. <laughs> Don't take out cool little fuck ups which make up part of the charm of the film. Sorry. No. There's not a soapbox moment. I'm just saying, no, no, don't do it. No, don't, George. <laughs> I was going to restrain myself, but I think you're quite correct. Right. Stop releasing 4Ks and taking off the film grain, you fucking weirdos. Film grain looks good. Otherwise it looks like plasticine. The noise reduced it. Motion Ooh. flow. It's, it's motion flow. Arnold Schwarzenegger looks like he's made out of plasticine, you weirdos. He hasn't he got does, any pores in his he skin. He does look like that. <laughs> he's actually That's morph. Just him. He's morph. Incredible. Um, right, Best mate so, of Tony Hart. Due to the difficulty and cost of <laughs> yeah. uh, making this film, yeah. uh, it was the only film ever made in this way. They never did it again. Yeah, it sounds like it was an enormous pain in the ass. They all got Huge to the end and they were like, do you want to do Tron 2? And they were like, how about invent a computer that works and then we'll talk about it. No, how about we just wait for 20 years until the technology catches up? I've got to say, Tron 2 does look good as hell. 
Uh, Legacy looks amazing. It's one of the few enjoyable 3D experiences I've had. It's one of the few 3D experiences I've had that I very much enjoyed. I very enjoyed it. Right, so talk a little bit about the costumes. There's not much to them. Uh, Black lycra with like white phosphorescent tubing on them. white lycra. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, sorry. It's black and white. Uh, And basically hockey helmets. Yep. Um, And uh, the trouble is the white lycra is pretty much just a body stocking. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like pads sewn into it basically not much really because they kind of did all the stuff later uh, and as a result there wasn't much left to the imagination right so uh, in an interview because uh, Tron was filmed on Studio 4 at the Walt Disney lot mm-hmm. uh, they used the common commissary so uh, in so between they takes lunch, yeah. they just wander out and according to uh, Boxleitner there was a message that was issued over the mm. tannoy will Mr. Boxenleiter Bridges and the rest of the cast when attending the commissary please wear your bathrobes <laughs> you can see your cock and balls they're walking around <laughs> little, little trons there for all to see so it's all the colour and the phosphorescence on their costumes added in afterwards yes. in post oh wow I assumed it was like it was for, like photoreactive Nope. tape or something it's literally like the photography of them is black and white wow okay and then they add everything in wow yes wow. it's insane music music oh <laughs> the Tron soundtrack is something else it really is who was it by? right it was by uh, Wendy Carlos okay who was uh, a renowned uh, proponent of synthesizer music. Right. Okay. Uh, had done uh, synthesizer variations on Bach and, mm-hmm. and what have you. I've heard the name. Yeah. yeah. Um, was massively involved in early electronic music production. Actually worked with a chap called Robert Moog. Oh, oh who invented the Moog? Who invented the Moog. Yeah. And she was giving yeah. him tips. I literally know what the Moog is yeah. because it's a funny name. Well. <laughs> What's a Moog? The Moog is an analog synthesizer Indeed, and it features yeah. heavily in the soundtrack of Tron. Right. Okay, so okay. Uh, Carlos used a, a mix of the analog Moog, she used uh, Krumar's GDS Digital Synth, right, for um, additive and phase modulation, yeah, yeah, and the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Wow, really? Yeah. So if wow. you listen, there yeah. are bits where you've got you hear the synth, right, yeah, because yeah. it's quite discordant and yeah. and really obvious, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also a Moog, and they sound freaking amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but behind it, you're like, oh, that's really good synthesizing of like a harp. No, that's <laughs> no, it's, an actual it's harpist. Harp, yeah. It's the London Philharmonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there have been a couple of um, re- uh, like analyses and interviews where they've said that, well, the mix of electronic and, and orchestral mm. is designed to mirror the mix of the real world and the virtual within the universe that's of Tron. That's just like bullshit that's filled in after the it's fact. It's total bullshit. Yeah, is, the yeah. reason that the Philharmonic are there was because Disney didn't think that she could finish the soundtrack in time. Oh, really? So they basically said, look, we're just going to get these guys to do some stuff as well. They're going to fill, cool. in, they're gonna fill cool. in some of the gaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but as a result, you do end up this amazing hybrid yeah, mix, yeah. Um, and to be fair Carlos's synth work is insane but also it's yeah. given front of stage yeah there are yeah. some it's definitely not, like, that's why I'm surprised the Philharmonic were in it because they don't get top billing by any means you know, well no. they never do really it's like John Williams and <laughs> yeah John Williams and fucking orchestra we could take him yeah there's loads of them they've and then he just holds up his baton and freezes them in place <laughs> that's how conducting works right <laughs> yeah a baton is basically a magic wand. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> there were also two additional tracks that were recorded uh, because this was a thing in the 80s mm-hmm. um, that were they didn't feature in the film. Oh, uh, right, they were recorded okay. by Journey. Journey? Don't Stop Believing Journey. Sure, yeah, of uh, and they were called the 1990s theme. The 1990s theme. And Only Solutions. Right. Now, 
These are terrible songs. Sorry, Journey, they're <laughs> not good. Say, are they bangers, um, but they're not. No. But what's really interesting is they were originally meant to be recorded by Supertramp. What? Who pulled out <laughs> of the project. Sure. There are computers, they'll never catch on. Yeah. We're Supertramp. You can't embarrass us like this. <laughs> when it came to releasing the film, yep. uh, it was originally uh, targeted for release in the Christmas season of 82. I was to say, it's got Christmas written all over it. Yeah, but... The chairman of the Disney board at the time, mm-hmm. a chap called, uh, I've got Card Walker, I think it might be Carl Walker. Card um, Walker. He found out, so this was in the midst of, you know when Don Bluth split off from Disney and yes. went and did his own thing? Yes, of course. The yep. first own thing he did was a film called The Secret of Nim. Yes. Uh, and uh, basically a, Disney. A title that for me always sounds like a porno. <laughs> the Secret of Nim. The Secret of Nim is, let's move on. to tickle <laughs> she, she used to be, no. She, <laughs> and the tagline is, she does like it. No, it's right. fine. No, we'll move on. Um, so, uh, he discovered that uh, Blue's film was scheduled for release in the summer blockbuster season in early right. July. Okay. Um, and so, in a classic moment of basic, like, boardroom pissing Bullshit. contest, yeah. moved Tron up. Because it was the big Disney release. Right. Um, as a result, you know what else came out that summer, by the way? What year? 82. This uh, is like the best year for film, yeah, I think, in the 80s. Yeah, go on. Tell me, because I'm just going to get it wrong. E.T. Yeah, there you go. Wrath of Khan. What? Blade Runner. Yeah, I was say Blade Runner came out against E.T. And e. Poltergeist. And The Thing. And The Thing. Yeah. Which I don't have written down, but that I'm just going to say it I just like know, I did. I just know that The Thing yeah. came out the same day as Blade Runner. So, um, and all of these were summer, <laughs> summer blockbusters. Yeah, uh, So, effectively, it just got chucked into this what? seething morass of amazing movies. Do you know what the biggest... Um, the biggest box office for that year was what Bambi because it was still in cinemas <laughs> Bambi Amazing. ran for like 40 years <laughs> I think I saw Bambi at yeah, the I cinema said, I said, it's the first movie I ever saw in the cinema is Bambi yeah. um, so uh, in the year it was released uh, the Motion Picture Academy refused to accept a nomination for Tron for right. the Special Effects Award they refused yeah because, because it didn't have, they weren't special enough? No, because as Lisberger put it, the Academy thought we cheated by using computers. Incredible. If you need any further in- evidence that the Academy are a bunch of back-looking, stuck-in-their-ways... Oh, honestly, I kind of oh. wish they'd do that now. So, as a result, it <laughs> I, was... I wish they'd reinstate that rule now. No, using a computer, that's cheating. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. That bloke made puppets. He made puppets, to and be we fair, believe them. I don't care if you've got a green screen. Look, so you've care. got you've got like fifty billion computer hours to burn. You've invented a gigantic spherical LCD screen, which only Not animates the background with the M- camera pointed. Yeah, but no physical. I think yeah. we should do like a new physical effects thing. Definitely. Anyway, oh, so, well, we're so, at it. Let's have a stunt Oscar. God damn it! What? It uh, should be a stunt Oscar. Yeah. There, there should be. be. A stu- there should be Definitely. a stunt Oscar. Best, Why is it not? It's not a stunt Oscar. For years, That's insane. It, for years, it's been contested. Well, how is it not a stunt well, Oscar? Presumably, it's been contested by people who then immediately fall downstairs, <laughs> or <laughs> jump out of the window like, to make a point, to make a really dramatic point, yeah, or arrive on if a horse, but an they're not on the horse; they're being dragged down. behind it. <laughs> yeah, not a stunt Oscar. The, Oscar, uh, the, the stunt guys are here again. God damn it! Yeah. Um, right. Anyway, so sorry, yeah. it was nominated, however, it didn't win right. uh, for best costume design and best sound. Well, it was body socks, so... <laughs> well, no, but costume design being yeah, all of the yeah, stuff yeah, that they then yeah. added and best sound being uh, the soundtrack. Yeah. But again, yeah. what was it up against? 
Yeah, indeed. John Williams and the London Philharmonic Orchestra. <laughs> the London Philharmonic, by the way. They get year. around a bit. Great year for them. Yeah. Um, do they do any actual classical music? Or they I just... don't think you can go and see them now. No. They're just constantly filming soundtracks. It's just, sorry, we're, we're at John's. Yeah. We're at John's. I oh, know Hans Zimmer is that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they did eventually receive an Academy Award right. for technical achievement. Fair. 14 years later. What? So, retroactively, yeah. they were like, oh, now everyone's nostalgic about it. Well, I think it's more because 14 years later, if you think about it, um, you're 82, so uh, what's that? 96. Uh, 96. Is that Jurassic Park? You've got Jurassic Park, you've got. When's Toy Story? 96. 96. I think it's 90, 95 so, or 96. Anyway, yeah. you've got this emerging trend of CGI, yeah. at which point they kind of go, oh, oh no, computers fuck. are good. We look dumb. <laughs> We're going to look dumb as shit. 14 years later, they realise that computers are actually quite good for filmmaking. <laughs> uh, we're just going to give you this, and sorry, and don't talk about it ever it's again. It's almost as if it's just a load of old, really old white guys that used to work in the industry, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, with all of that said... Yes. Um, it comes to the point where we have to, to, to put a ranking on it. Right. Now, what do we rate it out of? Discs? Light bikes? Fine. Ooh, light bikes. Uh, five out of light five bikes? light bikes. You go, you go. I'll go, actually, you know what? I'll go first. I'm going to give it three and a half light bikes. Ooh, 3.5? Because, actually, you know what? I'm going to go four. I like four, four light bikes. Because, Ooh, four? Because, I'm because, seeing if this no, works no, again. No, no, actually, you know what? Oh no! What about about because of your reaction? But no, three and a half because I've always liked Tron because it looks really cool. Yep. But the story is horseshit. It's bollocks. <laughs> to the point where I always get a bit bored. I always, really? get, I always do get a bit bored I during never Tron. Get bored? Did you not hear that plot summary? <laughs> There's no time to get bored. You're desperately trying um, to wake up. What the hell is currently no, so going no, on? So I think it looks amazing. I do love the music. Um, and I really enjoy it, but it, it never, as a as a as a kid, it never. I don't think it ever like really sparked any kind of crazy. I you think know what that's I mean? that's fair, and as we'll see when we come on to uh, legacy and, and recommendations and what have you. Um, I do think it's. There are I don't understand films. in this day in 2020 why it's not an enormous franchise. I mean, like, why aren't there 20 Trons? Because uh, every did, time they invent because, new cool computer imagery, why isn't there a new Tron? Sure. <laughs> But also because the whole thing about it was new and modern and what have you. And also because, let's face it, Legacy wasn't great. No, it wasn't great. It's the guy that made Oblivion, isn't it? Joseph yeah. Konzinski? Um, but we shall see, as, as we shall see. Sorry, we shall sorry, see. Yeah, so I would... S- yeah. Your rating? Four. Four? Four okay. light bikes. Wow, okay. For exactly the same reasons you've just said. It was a massive part of my childhood. Right, okay. Um, I love the soundtrack. Yeah. I love the ridiculousness of the story. Yeah. There are certain elements of it that I just punch yeah. the air when they happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's some great sequences, yeah. but the story is bollocks. Um, it feels incredibly unfinished in yeah. weird ways. It, ju- it just feels like it, it, it's what is a classic case of the spectacle overtaking. Like The, se- the story is so but secondary to... fine. Also, this is cool the first looks. movie these guys no, ever I, made. I, no, I, 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 I do understand that, but... I, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's one of those things that my wife would refer to it as a Sunday... It's a Sunday afternoon film. 100%. And yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Place in my heart. It's, it's quite a good, like, Christmas day after you've had breakfast, whack a bit of Tron on, the whole oh, yeah. family will want 100%, Tron. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will always own a copy. Let's put it that sure, way. Yeah. I will never not have this yeah. film for those moments where I think, you know what I want to do? This is the first movie that, I, that we've ever done on the podcast that I don't own, uh, but I have got Disney+. Plus. So, so you kind of do. So I kind of own yeah, it. I watch on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know the first time I ever watched we should Tron? call it, 
Disney Plus. Disney Plus. You know, the first time I ever watched Tron uh, was on the smallest television you've ever seen in your life in a kids' club. So your current television. <laughs> in, uh, in a kids' club um, in Tenerife where it, they had an evening like kids' club so that all the parents could go down the pub, go down the bar at the restaurant ah. and safely put the kids uh, and they would do what they did to all of our generation growing up. Here is a box with a moving image on it. Don't go anywhere and you won't. So that was the first time I ever watched Trump. Amazing. Mm. That's an amazing fact for you. <laughs> we don't do that in this episode, no, mate. No, 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 no. So. Suddenly panicking because did I include that in my one? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I mean, I think we, we've <laughs> given it a fair shake. Yes. It's not perfect, yeah. uh, but it's not by any means bad. And clearly a very important movie. Far more important than I actually realised, to be honest. Well, I not that thought, important, though, because the legacy, I mean... Because uh, as soon as you said Disney, I thought, well, it's Disney. They'll have all the money in the world. They'll have all the tech in the world. I didn't realise it was quite as arduous as it was to yeah. make. It's but the, the weird thing is that whereas some films kind of push the boundary, yeah. they invented a whole bunch of techniques and they never used them again. Yeah. So it's not actually, in terms of genuine influence, it's like... So it's like an yeah. anomaly, little unique kind of... But did yeah. it impact on uh, film directors, animators, no. all of that stuff? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. You definitely. know, Pixar, the way that Disney moved through yeah. the early 90s, yeah. would not have happened without this film exactly. being made. Yeah. And the fact that it was made when it was made is mm. just insane. I reckon Black Hole and Tron would be a great double bill. Ooh, now you're talking. That's a great way to get your wife to absolutely hear you. We have to convince them to take Bambi off first. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, can't believe yeah. they're still showing it. <laughs> So anyway, we thought it was uh, decent. Good. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's hear from some people who thought that it was terrible, shall we? <laughs> it's Amazon One Star Review. Amazon One Star Review. <laughs> yes. I'm I've, only, I've only got a few, um, mostly because there was the usual collection of stuff about the Blu-ray being rubbish um, and what have you. So our first One Star Review <laughs> is from Wade P. Wood right. uh, in July 2015. Title of the review, One Star his review. <laughs> Why do people do that? Anyway, so go on. It sucks. Nice. Cheers, Wade. Thanks. Nuanced. Yeah, you're <laughs> helping people out. <laughs> right. How many helpful like, thumbs did that have, do you think? <laughs> April 2016, the reviewer, TNF, titled the review, yeah. One Star. <laughs> one Star. <laughs> Worst movie ever. Really silly computer graphics and storyline. Worst movie ever? Worst movie ever is a bit hard. That is... I think we've all seen Up Periscope starring Kelsey Grammer. It's a delight. <laughs> it's a modern comedy classic. No, I say that. I kind of want to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, worst no, movie worst ever movie much. ever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, June 2011. Right. Uh, the reviewer, Jerry Curl Juice. All one word, no spaces. Jerry Curl Juice. Jerry Curl Juice. Oh. Uh, the title, Stupid Film. Stupid Film. <laughs> this movie sucked. I rented it thinking it was going to be about Tron Carter and all the rocks that he sells. Instead, it was a bunch, about a bunch of computer nerds. Yeah, because wh whoever's into Tron Carter, definitely not a nerd. What's Tron Carter? It's a Dave Chappelle character. Right. So, Who sells drugs. Right, okay, of course. Okay, so now I know who you're talking about. But they thought that, was a, they thought that this film was yeah. a, like a two-minute sketch from the Chappelle show they turned into a movie. No, they thought it was a feature-length, yeah, a feature-length <laughs> adaptation <laughs> of like a throwaway, the Dave Chappelle show. The, the crackhead character yeah. with the, with the mm -hmm. white lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't think you can blame Tron for that. I think Jerry Curl Juice might be a fucking idiot. <laughs> I think he might be... Uh, anyway. And uh, my final one. 
<laughs> and I have to read this as it's written, so there's going to be some shouting, so brace yourself. Okay, okay, Snowbird in March 2015. <laughs> Do not bother spending your money! <laughs> oh, good, he's doing it the Adam Buxton way. <laughs> have tried to watch this several times, but just cannot get into the plot. because Bought because Jeff Bridges starred in it. But is a loser of a movie. A loser. I do like sci-fi, but like plots can follow and understand. <laughs> so leaving aside the fact that it's shouty and grammatically <laughs> uh, incorrect. Um, he bought it because Chaprice... Anyway, uh, Snowbird seems to struggle uh, with the modern world, re- reading some of his additional reviews. Uh, having once bought a potato masher that he described as being too small for child hands. <laughs> Various other quality-related <laughs> uh, issues uh, with kitchen equipment. Right. Uh, buys a lot of stuff so on Why has he got a kitchen full of child slaves? Imagine his potatoes for him. However, <laughs> to be pleased to know, Snowbird's story has a happy ending. He oh, did good. eventually give five stars to a bag of potatoes <laughs> and a sack of onions that he got from Amazon's grocery potatoes service. Potatoes were right size for small child and masher. Best <laughs> potatoes ever, four exclamation points. Nice. Best potatoes and ever. And that was not all uppercase. <laughs> He doesn't feel that passionately about it then. Too small for child hands. That's my new catchphrase. <laughs> what did you think about it? Too small for child hands. <laughs> so the legacy of Tron we've kind of talked about um, in, in terms up? of yeah. it, it basically birthed the sequel. Well, it birthed animation. It birthed a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of stuff. Yep. Um, and uh, in terms of actual legacy, mm. there's a film called Tron Legacy. It's a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep. Starring a lot of the original cast. Yes, uh, Featuring some of the worst de-aging CGI you will ever see. Yeah, that is dodge. Uh, which de-aging is... CGI before de-aging CGI was a thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, and I, to be fair, when he's in the computer, it kind of works, because yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, he's the computer version. Yeah. But equally, uh, no. Flashbacks, no. No. And Olivia Wilde is a program, and then she becomes a real person at the end. Yeah. And then they're on a motorbike. I'm okay with that, because I like Olivia Wilde yeah, in this film, because she wears a lot of tight clothing. <laughs> she does. And she's Olivia Wilde. Finally, the body stocking pays off. But, um... And there's also a, a, a cartoon. There is an animated series that was released on Disney XD, right. and that was actually a tie-in for Legacy. Oh, right, okay. Is it um, set before or during Legacy? No, it's set before. It's set between the two films. Right, okay. And it's basically... Um, uh, the the setup to Legacy, spoiler alert, is that there's a new character, Clue, that yeah. Flynn has created. Yeah. Takes over the, the, the computer by betraying Tron. Yes. And it's well, kind of like a Star Wars Tron, Resistance kind of deal. Everyone believes that Tron is dead, right? In, in the beginning of well, Legacy. I've not finished watching the series yet, so oh, okay, I can't tell you if he is or he isn't. No. But the character in Legacy, uh, I can't remember what it's called, Rinsler? It's Elijah Wood, right? No, in Legacy, the film, oh, right, yeah, there's yeah, a character yeah. called Rinsler, who is Tron. Yeah. Oh, yes. But okay. he's been kind of brainwashed and reprogrammed. That's who's brainwashed, not Clue, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, um, yeah. But I watched also, it in the cinema once. You never really it's see Daft it. Punk, right? Was it MC5? Daft, Daft, Daft Punk. Punk. That's a great soundtrack. Daft Punk, by the way, massively influenced by the original film. Of course. And yeah, yeah. the reason Daft Punk are a thing mm. is basically because of uh, uh, Wendy Carlos. And yeah, her, uh, of Alex course. I'm sure yeah. they probably found other stuff, but yeah, yeah, again, no, of course. Wheels yeah. within wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's an animated series which is really good. It is voiced by a very strange cast, including yeah. Elijah Wood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mandy Moore. Wow. Because Disney, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Bruce, Bruce Eyeliner. Bruce uh, Box Lightner <laughs> yep. is also present. 
Um, and uh, yeah, Tron is in it quite a lot. The yeah. animation style is good. Cool. If you're liking kind of the a lot of like the Star Wars is and the animation, kind of like Rebels. Uh, no, it's kind of elongated. It's very stylized. It's right. very cool. But if you want to spend a bit more time in the Tronverse, I might check it out. A bit more time on the grid, I, I, I should say. Oh, I don't think there's very many episodes either. It's only like a no, there's only one season. It right. got canned. Yeah. And uh, this is not te- technically legacy. There is a fairly solid confirmed rumor: mm. Tron Three is coming. Oh really? Yep. Is it the same guy, Joseph? What's it's it the same place? director. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, apparently, it's going to star uh, Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. Who apparently yeah. has been working out really hard for... I don't care, mate. Who cares? Literally, at this point, why do you even bother? I don't even... Let's, let's, we can just fix it in post. Let's collectively stop trying to make Jared Leto happen. Yeah, well, don't unfortunately, he's not going to stop letting... <laughs> trying to make himself happen. <laughs> Some level um, we don't know much about it. We know that it's potentially called Tron Ares. Right. Uh, and it's probably going to feature voice returns from Box Lightner right. and Olivia Wilde may or may not be in it because... Right. Who's the guy? Who's, key, who's Flynn's son in Legacy? I can't remember. I just immediately want to say that, that bloke out of Avatar. Yeah, sure. Sam, Moss's face? He plays yeah. Captain Boomerang. I don't think it is, but yeah, it might he's, be. He's that type, right? It's yeah. that guy type, yeah. Whatever. Miscellaneous everyman. Yeah. Every I just remember Tron, with Tron Legacy just be spending the first half an hour being like, Where's Jeff Bridges? Too small for child hands. <laughs> Garrett Headland, I am being shown. Yeah. Yes, sure, him. That guy from that thing that but time. what's he done for me lately? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, watch those uh, two things and keep an eye out for the third. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, weirdly, even though I shouldn't be because uh, Legacy was amazing in the cinema, 3D, mm. super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was not a great film. Plot-wise, probably on a par with the original. Sure, fair, yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> it's quite um, a visual spectacle, that movie. The it, same as the original. That's it. You literally, it's wallpaper, it you look, watch it, it nice. and you go, oh my God, this is what they could have done. Have you seen Have you seen footage of the Tron roller coaster? The Tron coaster? The Tron coaster, yes, indeed. Uh, the Tron roller coaster. Or the um, Rollertron. In, in Disney, in Disney, Disney World, Disneyland, one of the two. Um, basically, it's kind of like a bit like Space Mountain, where it's in the dark, hmm. and they have all the phosphorescent planets, and you go through the black hole. And Excuse stuff. me, I grew up in England, so it's the black hole. What did I call it? No, Space Mountain is the American. Oh, right, we had yes. the black hole. Yes, right? indeed. Yeah. So, but you roller sit coaster, on, you sit on, UV, um, and a bunch of stuff that glows. Yes, indeed. Yeah. But you sit on a uprising. I uh, know a legacy. You light sit light. on an uprising. You sit on an uprising. Sit on the uprising. So it could get painful. You sit on the a light bike from Legacy. Uh, so you're literally like you know holding onto the handlebars, and then you fly around the, the grid. Uh, and I saw some footage of it the other day, I and it looks fucking awesome. Ride the shit out. It of looks that. amazing. So if you want other bits of legacy, yeah. but without talking about films, yep. yep. You know, everywhere you look, you see people inventing new like cyber cars that are all yeah, like light yeah. strips and what have you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, costumes, oh, motorcycles. The Tesla blocky pickup truck jobby thing looks like a Tron thing. Yeah, yeah why not? And any, any I mean, the industrial design is my book. Well, actually, I think you'll find I was influenced by the minimalism of 60s Soviet. Oh, yeah. No, you're ripping off Tron, mate. You saw Tron when you were a kid. There's nothing to be ashamed of. It's Shut in your mouth. head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the vehicle design and all of that stuff, by the way, was done by industrial designers, but they just right. kept crossing over. Right. So a whole bunch of it just got mixed up. Uh, I should right. have put that in the earlier bit of the podcast, really. That was quite A useful. nice little tidbit at the end, though. Anyway. That's so, the people that make it to the end. Uh-huh. Not many. <laughs> there's only a few still with us. Oh, no. There's, there's even fewer now. <laughs> I can see the reviews already. What else? Too what? small if I don't... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
Sorry, go on. What else are you going to watch if you love Tron? You're going to watch anything that you watched as a kid growing up in the 80s. Yeah, pretty much. So if you like the escapism, stuff like Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, 100%. Last Starfighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's not really anything that really looks that much like it visually, is no. there, really? I mean, uh, other than the Mortron stuff. Uh, Mortron stuff. Yeah, um, the, yeah but Flight basically anything that has that Darryl. kind of escapism. Ooh, no. <laughs> Uh, I would say that I would go so far as to say that the Goonies and that kind of yeah, yeah, epoch, yeah. where you're in a world and you enter a world that's adjacent but yeah, still the yeah, same, yeah. definitely kind of an escapist but thing. I mean, it's almost like a Narnia thing, isn't it? To a certain extent, they, they yes, they, but without the massively obvious underlying <laughs> biblical intonation. I'm Jesus Lion. I mean Aslam. <laughs> I'm Jesus Programmer. Oh shit. <laughs> Uh, more modern stuff, of is course. Is Tron Aslam? No, Tron's lamb. <laughs> or is it as Tron? That's why he's got a mane in the in the sequel. Um, that's why he's got a different hat. He comes back as Tron the White. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a different hat. See, um, but yeah, uh, modern stuff. You've got Ready Player One. Yes, of course. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which yeah. does exactly this. But the thirteenth floor. Yes. That's like oh. a grown-up Tron. Oh, I mean, there's a Great lot of grown-up Trons. Great um, there's, you know... Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man hackers, to a degree, which yep. we talked about before. Uh, all of this stuff. But mm. basically, if you like Tron, it just shows that you grew up in the 80s. And, it's literally and it. You, you were I a think kid if you were born 1990, you'll watch it and go, what the actual fuck is this? I would suggest <laughs> watch it anyway, but watch it through the same lens that you drop over any piece of 70s or 80s yeah, cinema. yeah. Uh, and you'll filter away a lot of the rubbish. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. But yeah, it's it's not great, but it is definitely something that you should see. Yeah. And with that... You've done it. I You've have, done it. I have one more thing I have to say. <laughs> Go on. End of line. You have been listening to We're Drunk and We Know Things, where this month Rob did the film episode. Tune again in two weeks. Because I wanted to, yeah? Because you just, like, just you laid down the law, and I was like... Oh, please, sir. No law. Please let me do an episode. You, see, you could do the other one. I was like, oh, no. Oh, okay, thanks. No, Thank I'm you. sick of hearing you talk about movies. We're going to hear about a movie I want to talk <laughs> about. about and film. we'll do exactly the same order and basic formatting. And it's it'll so sound good you, so good really you similar. your podcast voice so they can really hear what you sound like now. What? <laughs> That's what I really sound like. La, la, la. Everybody's got a radio voice. Hands. It's like when you're on the phone, <laughs> it's like you've got your posh phone voice. You're like, eh, hello. <laughs> Tune in in two weeks' time when, we, when I will be if doing. Be so kind. Please tune in in two weeks. <laughs> I'll be doing a deep dive. Bye bye. <laughs>
No, well, it would help on our Insta profile. <laughs> no, everything I say sounds like a lie. But Scott Carney is actually a, actually a. Lots of people are great photographers. <laughs> yeah. Brian seems... Adams. Brian Adams, honest to God, actual photographer with uh, gallery exhibitions and all that kind of stuff. Not, not bullshit. Actual real thing. Honestly, it is. I'm checking it. <laughs> it's, it's... If it turns out to be true. <laughs> If it turns out to be true, I'm very happy. It is That's true. a good thing. I'm, I think more people yeah. should express themselves through the visual art. And as long as he's not playing... It's amazing. Anything that means he's not playing Summer of 69, yeah. I'm happy with, frankly. Right. <laughs> Fucking hate that song. I listened to this expecting it to be about a Dave Chappelle character, and it was too small for child dance. <laughs> I don't know why he sounds like that, but he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, anyway. 